Hello and welcome to another episode of For the Love of Sports. My name is Michael Razil and today my special guest is Saul Hassam. Saul is the CEO of Unguarded, a media platform that shares the stories of high school basketball athletes. It is super interesting to hear how Saul came up with this idea, him and his business partner, what they do and how they do it. And I'm really, again, very grateful that I got the opportunity to hang out with him. So I hope you guys learn just a little bit of something during this episode with Saul. Today, a special guest, Saul Hassan, the CEO of Unguarded, former D2 athlete in basketball, RVCC. What's up? I went there oh, as well. Gotta love it, man. Yeah, no, it's crazy. Small world. Small it world. is. Very small New Jersey. I mean, hey, I, I will shout about RVCC, Raritan Valley Community College from the rooftops. It was a great school. Um, kind of boring when you're 18 and all your friends go away to uh, these big giant universities. It was you know, it was something, but I would uh, use that time on the weekends and go visit all my friends in New England and uh, Philadelphia and New York City. So it was okay. I had a good time. Did you have Did you have fun, Saul? Yeah. Um. It, it was like ups and downs, right? Exactly. Like, yep. Yeah, ups and downs. I would I, I would leave it at that. <laughs> no, I love <laughs> it, man. That's a good place to put it. That's a good place to put it, man. Um. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much again. M- the more important part of the conversation is the CEO of Unguarded, uh, and we'll get into that in a minute, but. Saul, the first question for everybody on the For the Love of Sports podcast is, why do you love sports so much? Um, honestly, I grew up playing basketball like my whole life. So when I was like five years old, six years old, it was kind of like my getaway. You know, like I feel like every athlete who plays like sports uses it as a getaway because there's always problems in the world. Like as you can see right now, we have hmm. coronavirus going yep. on, right? So I think sports is something that, you know, it takes your um, mind off those type of problems, you know, Absolutely. in life. hundred percent. And you know, that's the worst part about it, in my opinion, is there's no sports on. Um, I don't know what to do, yeah. man. That's, it's crazy. I haven't seen anything competitive in like five days and I'm starting to like scratch myself a little bit because of it. But uh, it is what it is. We both work in sports. So that's that's the one thing that kind of uh, causes a little concern, but we'll get through it and uh, we'll have this conversation and we don't really need to talk too much more about it because uh, I want people to be listening to this one for a couple of years. So, um, yeah, man. So, I mean, growing up playing basketball, where uh, you grew up in New Jersey, I'm assuming? Yeah. So, I was born in Queens um, and then, like, I moved to South Brunswick, New Jersey okay. around, like, six, seven or eight. Like, I'll be, I think, eight, eight years old. And then from there, yeah, like, grew up in New Jersey and just played basketball like for South Brunswick played travel basketball and mm-hmm. so forth. Just, just kept on rocking and rolling with it. And eventually you made it to uh, become a D2 athlete. I mean, what, I mean, again, I went to RVCC, so I remember seeing the buses out in lot five, all the athletes getting on and off. They did what they did. Uh, what was it like? Uh, you know, what, what was, I guess, either the, re- excuse me, the recruiting process or what was just the process of playing sports in college just like from your standpoint? Yeah, um, it w- it was definitely interesting, right? Because I would say like my college career, like 
I, I don't want to say it was like a failure, but for sure, like it was like a lot of like ups and downs with that. I was mm-hmm. always hurt in college. So I started off at City College. And then from there, I went to Raritan Valley because th- like originally I was playing D3 basketball NCAA. Mm-hmm. But New York was just too far. And then going into um, Raritan Valley, that experience was, it was great. It wasn't like, you know, it was very tight niche. That was like the best part about it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, def- like I still keep in contact with my teammates. Um, and then you all obviously had to manage school with it and so forth. But I definitely, I definitely learned a lot, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, 100%, man. I think it's, uh, it's, it's always very important. And you played for two years, correct? Yeah, so I played uh, D3 ball at City College, and then um, I played at Raritan Valley. But during that time, my, my, I was de- it was a tough time because I was dealing through like with a lot of injuries. So mm-hmm. like, I had like two ACL surgeries oh, during that yeah like during that time, and like go right going into college, I had ACL surgery. So it was kind of like a challenge, right? Because like in the beginning, I wasn't playing at City College. But from there, like, I had to get my knee back, and then I ended up starting. So I think it just taught me a lot about, like, life mm-hmm. in a simple way, you yeah. know? Yeah, the process of, you know, being somewhere, getting it all taken away, essentially, and then kind of getting all the way back. I mean, that's that's pretty powerful. Yeah, no, 100%. And that's, exa- yeah, that's exactly what I was getting at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 man. I think that's that's pretty impressive. And uh, again, I just thought it was funny when I was looking up at your profile that we went to the same uh, community. That is crazy. How did you year. like it? I, I mean, I had a good time. I didn't uh, really play sports there. I kind of just did a bunch of stuff. I did all my like class was pretty easy for me. I guess I was lucky when I was there. Um, I had so much free time. It was like so it was funny. It was like high school 2.0 for me because I think like almost 100 members of my graduating class ended up being there during those two years that I was there at some point. So I, I walked around campus and I pretty much knew anybody at any given time. Um, so, I mean, it wasn't like, it wasn't that big a deal. It was kind of annoying. You know, you're 18, 19 years old. As I said before, all my friends moved away. So I was kind of like, you know, a little grumpy about that, but it was cool. Class was fun. Teachers, there's some really incredible teachers there and, you know, had, had, had some good times. had some, you know, as you said, it was up and down. It was up and, down. 100%, 100%. It was, yeah. and then, um, so when, did you after RVCC? Where did you go to school? Rutgers. Yeah. So okay. after that, I went to Rutgers. Like I had opportunity to play D three, but at that point, I think it was just like my body wasn't going to hold yeah. up. And I, I like it was funny. I tried walking on for the team. That didn't work out well. Uh oh. Um. Like I, I had like yeah, that was that situation. And then yeah, I, I got into the business school, and then Unguarded was formed there. Mm-hmm. So was it like through a class that you were doing? Was it just through like the idea? Because I mean, starting a media company while in college is not the most common thing uh, for, you know, a lot of people. I went to Rutgers Business School as well. And I don't remember too, too many people starting companies while I was there. Yeah, no, 100%. I think, I think the process of me like being injured all the time, right? Like kind of stemmed the idea mm-hmm. because like I really just wanted to play basketball overseas. I'll be honest. Like that's what I really wanted to do, and then from there it was just like, well, like how can I stay close to the game, and like what if someone documented like my own personal story, mm-hmm. right? Because like I went to high school at St. Joe's Metuchen, then I went to South Brunswick, because th- that was the time where like all like these D one athletes came in, so I transferred back home. And I kept bouncing around school to school while, like, dealing with, like, 
tons of injuries. And I was mm-hmm. just like, well, that would be a pretty crazy story if someone documented it the right way. Because, mm-hmm. like, you go from, like, having a teammate like Carl Towns to, like, being at, like, there's nothing wrong with it, but, like, being, you know, starting from scratch, right? Going mm-hmm. to, like, a community college. And it was, like, and I think it was a great experience. But at the same time, it's just, like, a lot of roller coasters. But it was, like, a huge roller coaster. And mm-hmm. from there, it was, the idea was stemmed because it's like i knew i knew teammates who went through the same thing mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. like everybody yeah. went through the same thing so it was just like yeah having that as you said correctly documented could be really really interesting and people would people would pay attention to that and i, I you said st joe's metuchen and i was like why do i know that and then yeah you say carl anthony towns and i was like oh yeah i remember yeah. uh he played against um you know, my high, the high school I went to, North Hunterdon Regional High School, he, he played against us. So it was like, I remember my brother was at school at the time and he was like, yeah, that, I'm going into this game because this kid's going to play at Kentucky and he's probably going to be the number one pick in like a year and a half. I was like, that's a good 100%. game to want to go to, man. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's crazy, uh, you know, just some of the stuff and, and understanding, as you said, kind of bouncing around from school to school and, and, you know, being injured the whole time and kind of that whole process of everything that you need to go through is definitely something that, as you said, if it's documented correctly, people are going to watch it because it's a story, right? It's a, it's a, it's a impactful story on somebody's life, especially a young person's life. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, it definitely, um, I definitely learned a lot in that time. And then from there, like I really thought about, it was really about my teammates too, right? Because like, I knew I was, this is about to be really funny. I knew I was like washed up. Like I knew mm-hmm. it, like, <laughs> t- it, my t- like my time was done. Like yeah. I knew it. Once like I got hurt, it was like, yeah, this is over. But then I thought about like, all the guys at RV who were like really good still and just didn't have opportunity. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and it made me realize like, wait, like this is like a time we're in a day and age of social media where you could really um, like build your own personal brand. Exactly. And from there it was just like, well, why don't we try documenting like their stories and tell their stories and promote it through social? Cause you don't, you, you don't see a time like this. Right. And, that's literally where like the idea stemmed you know mm-hmm. and then so while you were at Rutgers and this is all happening when um like what was your first experiment like what was your first I guess case study or, or athlete that you started actually documenting right so like we started off like it was like really like it was like, me and my friend like in the beginning we were like just trying it out it was like me and my friends um we started with actually like oh wait let me get my thoughts. We started with Devon Young. Yeah. Okay. So that he, he went to Felician University, but he was like the all-time leading scorer. And my personal relationship with him was that, like, he, he was a South Brunswick alumni. Okay. Okay. So we started off with him, and we, we took it case by case. Like, we did, like, like three-minute segments on, like, each player, if that makes sense. So we mm-hmm. kind of yeah. got, like, a gauge of, you know – like what his accomplishments were, like what was like his biggest regrets um, and like what he's pursuing now. Mm -hmm. And that's really where it started. But then from there, someone knew someone and then we got into the high school market. And I think that's when we really like took off once the high school market came in. Mm -hmm. Cause I wasn't familiar at that point. Yeah. Yeah. So you, so you were focusing in the beginning on athletes in college, correct? Yes, like so, okay. it was like yeah, specifically in college, and then from there, just like 
it's a small world, right? And New Jersey's really tight niche. So it's mm-hmm. like everyone knows everyone. So from there, we just met a few high school athletes. And there was, and it just really took off. And that's like a whole nother conversation about like what movement, they had like a movement going on for like basketball. It was called Jelly Fam. I don't, if you're like a basketball fan, you would know what it was about. But like Bleacher picked it up, like Slam, like Overtime, like all the big names, like were really documenting it. And because it was like an organic movement that focused on, um, it was like a specific layup that they focused on. And okay. it was like a fancy layup. And it really just went viral. And mm-hmm. then from there, um, that's what really took us off. And then it became serious. Mm-hmm. So you guys were the ones that started that? Oh, no, no. I didn't start oh, that. No, 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 no. No wonder why you guys are killing it now. Okay. No, no. All right. I get it. I get it. But we documented the people who did. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, exactly exactly and and you know being able to do to obviously document who they are and what they did you know it sounds like again you did small little segments and obviously i've been following you for a little while now um and really you know kind of seeing and and, and understanding kind of what you guys do and as you said you you new jersey's tight-knit that's one way to say it i was gonna say densely packed um it's hard to miss somebody sure. <laughs> another way to say it right so it's just interesting how you were able to break into the high school market, especially through social media. And it's just interesting because, again, when you first explained it to me, I was like, this sounds like an NCAA violation, like not even a question. Um, 100%. How, how like high school coaches could even allow this is, is was confusing to me. But it, it sounds like you did a really good job at kind of separating, you, you know, you're helping the athlete, but they're not the ones paying you. Right. Like there's so many different levels that you were able to take this to. So I guess if you don't mind just explaining exactly what Unguarded is and how you guys are helping these high school basketball athletes. Yeah, it's a a sports digital platform that's like focused on, like, as you said, aiding athletes build their brands. So I think the way we're really helping them is is getting them used to like media attention right away in high school. Right. And also creating content for them. Mm-hmm. so it's obviously like the idea is um obviously we're documenting consistently but we really have their input and in what they really want to represent of themselves and we create like short form content for them and ways like we're also helping them is just i would say really building the brands like like with the, like the high like performance like content we make they're able to you know like get followers really fast Mm-hmm. grow fast and that's something important because obviously it's just followers but let's say when basketball is all said and done you have like you have a base where you could either a like start your own merch line start your own channel and things of that sort so i think mm-hmm. getting them like ready for like the real world at an early age is important and what level athletes are you focusing on? Because you say like some of them you're getting ready for media attention. So I'm a big Duke fan. That's a whole another conversation. We don't have to get too deep down that rabbit hole. But, you know, like Zion and RJ Barrett a couple of years ago, like we were seeing Zion's dunks when he was like 15 years old, I feel like. So he obviously is 100%. like a, strat, a different stratosphere. What like level, I guess, of athletes are you paying attention? Are, are these D1 athletes, are they going to schools like Kentucky or Duke? Are they one level below that? Maybe going to like the Iowas and Ionas of the world? Like, what level athlete are you guys helping out at this point in time? It's, it's a bit of both, right? Like, we, we, like we'll have, like, players who are, like, going to 
like those top tier schools like North Carolina where we document. And to be honest, like from for there, it's just like, are we really helping them aid their brands? We are in a sense, but th these guys are top tier. They don't really, I don't want to say they don't need us because they could definitely use mm -hmm. us, but that's more for like history purposes. But we definitely mm -hmm. do focus on like mid-tier, like D1 players as well, okay. because that's where we really, you know, thrive on actually helping them out and helping them grow, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, again, everybody's got a story. All you have to do is sit down and listen, right? Like I thought you have a really good story. So I wanted to ask you some questions about it. And, you know, obviously documenting what that D1 athlete does while they're in high school, you know, potentially jumping around. I mean, Kyrie Irving went to how many high, I think he went to two or three different high schools, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Right. And then he ends up going to Duke. And then, I mean, he's, it, it turns out he's just, you know, a, a different human being now, as we see more and more what's coming up with him, but, uh, it's crazy. Yeah. It's something else, but, um, you know, I, he's a Duke boy, so I, I will stand behind him to a point. Um, the flatter thing didn't, didn't hit me right, but it is what it is. You think he has good education, but that, I'm, I'm sorry, I digress. But, uh, you know, like he's got an interesting story. Like as you were jumping around from school to school with the opportunity to go play basketball, he did the same thing. So, you know, these D, these mid-tier D1 athletes might have a really cool story, but those really well-known high school prospects that are going to the Carolinas, the Dukes of the world, I'm sure their stories are just as crazy, right? Yeah, no, for sure. Like, um, a lot of them didn't really have, like, great opportunities early on. And you, you find out, like, like a lot of these kids who are coming up, like, they, ha they have, like, there's always one thing that resonates. They always have hunger, determination, and they always have, like, some sort of circumstance that pushed them over the ledge to, like, really get to that level. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, these stories have been, like, awesome to, like, document. Like, a few of them, like, I would say – like this one episode that we actually have coming out like next week, it's on Celeb Love. Um, this, this is a New Jersey player. He's from St. Louis, actually. But like his, his story is he was unranked like freshman, sophomore year, like not on anyone's radar. Mm -hmm. And then he ended up being like a McDonald's All-American. Whoa, all right. And now he's like, well, obviously the McDonald's All-American game's canceled now, but yeah. but like it's a, it's a great accomplishment and now mm -hmm. he's going to North Carolina next year. So that's so, one example. That is awesome. Um, you're good. Yeah. Uh, that, I mean, no, 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 you're fine. You're fine. Uh, it happens all the time. We're not live, so it's not a big deal. I'm not going to cut Got this, it. but it's not a big deal. Um, you know, it's definitely just something where, you know, he should have went to Duke of course, but that is what it is. And you know, he's got to go <laughs> where he's not kid. Um, how, how long are you following these, these kids on the process? Like, are you picking them up? some of them up that freshman year to really just follow them along through that four or five year process. Is this their senior year just to kind of see where they've been and where they're going kind of thing? Like where have you guys found a, a nice sweet spot in terms of like timeline? Yeah. Um, it really, um, it really depends. It's like a case by case scenario. Like, like the celeb love is a feature, right? This isn't uh, a process, like a documentary that we're going to continue to do most likely mm -hmm. unless like we decide to move forward. We're not really sure yet, but like, the seniors we focus in on, like, features, like, let me scratch that. Let me, like, explain that again. I'm sorry. You're good. You're good. Yeah. So, like, we pick up seniors, right? Um, and from there, like, we document them, like, one-offs, one right? Okay. But then, but there's, like, very, like, select few where we'll pick them up freshman year, sophomore year, and then we'll document their processes. So, mm -hmm. like... There's a few examples, but it it really depends if it fits the brand and if it fits like what they want to do too, right? Because not everyone wants to tell their story, you know. Yeah. 
So like, like some athletes are like, you know what? We just want one documentary piece to like remember this part of our life, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And other athletes are like, hey, well, we want more documented. The more, the better, because it'll help us build. It really depends on perspective. Yep. Oh, 100%. I mean, I normally fall into the latter. I want the more, give me more, and then, you know, we can pick and choose what we like or we can release all of it. So that's why I like doing long-form content. I want to dive into some of this stuff, right? I don't want to, um, you know, just get, just ask you two questions and hang up. I really want to get into it, which I think is cool. But it's understandable. You know, obviously, everyone, it's your story. You can tell it however you'd like, right? So I guess it's really interesting how you have been able to kind of separate the two and understand. So, like, do these athletes come to you and say, hey, Saul, let's do this? Or is it the other way around where you guys are going out to these games and then after the games being like, hey, like we, this is what we do. Would it be cool if we came to some of your games after that? Like, how does that process work? Yeah, so I think in the beginning, right, it was, um, we definitely like, it was definitely the second version of it, like uh-huh. us reaching out to them, right, in the beginning. But I think as time has gone on, um, we, have, we have like gotten reached out to, like, mm-hmm. So people, so people, if they want to, you know, create a content like episode, they'll come to us. It's funny because everything's becoming case by case, right? Yeah. Like, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it's like some athletes are, you know, they'll, they'll come to us and then other athletes, like, will go to them. So it really goes case by case scenario. But as of late, like, thank God, like, a lot of athletes have been reaching out to us mm-hmm. as far as document the process and it's like a high demand, which is a whole other issue, but for sure, like a bit of both. Yeah. Yeah. This way you get to pick, right? Like it would be nice if you had, you know, a hundred arms and you're able to document all of them. I'm See, sure. I wish, I wish, <laughs> but it, you know, it, it is yeah. what it is. Yeah, literally it is what it is, but it's just like, that's like the one thing that I hate about it. Right. Cause I hate turning, like I hate turning the athletes down because Cause like I I always think about like my time playing Mm -hmm. and, and I wasn't any, like one of those top tier guys. So it's just like, I wish I had enough hands to, you know, like tell their stories, like in everyone's story, but it's just like, you have to choose. Exactly. Exactly. And you, you were talking about it before, like if it makes sense for your brand, what exactly is Unguarded's brand? Yeah. I think like, to be honest, I think, I think Unguarded represents like, like coming up, I don't want to like, like you're coming up from your struggle. That's what mm-hmm. I think unguarded represents. Right. So I think like not to um, negate anyone's story, but you know, some, some athletes like, you know, like they're pros mm-hmm. and they didn't have it easy either, but we, we like, I don't know how to explain it, but like, we kind of knew LeBron was going to the NBA when he was like 14 years old. Exactly what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. like you know LeBron's going to say, so- Yeah, not to say he didn't have a difficult time to get there, but we kind of knew the whole time whether it was going to be hard or not, he was going to get there. 100%. And, and, that, like, and he has different problems, right? LeBron, LeBron's problems are like way different than the kid who are trying to, um, you know, like make a name for themselves, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? And that doesn't mean his problems are, you know, like – easier they might be even harder but i think those stories where the kid comes out of nowhere and um you know like surprises a lot of people and comes from like the ground up it's just like those are the stories and also like focused on guard play too right because lebron is lebron came from nothing too 
right? Like, even mm-hmm. though he was like a like a superstar now, and you knew he was going to be great, mm-hmm. he still did come from like a tough background. So that would have been a great story to document if you like look back at it. But I think, I think stories like that, right? Like kids who come from like I don't want to say. I guess you could say like the hood, the ur- like urban areas, mm-hmm. like around mm-hmm. there, like and really like make a name for themselves mm-hmm. you know yeah i think like, that's what those stories every everyone likes you know like for lack of a better term the rags to riches story right like every, everyone yeah. because you can associate yourself it's a lot easier to associate yourself with someone who was for for for, for better or for worse looked at as a nobody and i say looked at with air quotes um right. no one really ever equated themselves to lebron right like ever yeah. <laughs> even when you were in high school even when you were in college he was already in the nba dropping 25 points a night right so you can never equate yourself to him you can equate yourself to that kid that's coming from nothing that's rising up that's doing his best and i totally agree with you you know those stories are always the most impactful and they're usually you know they pull on emotional heartstrings the most and that's that's what people love about stories right we want to see somebody and we also want to see that person succeed and crush it yeah and and like i always tell those stories because those 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 kids are like eager to get their name out as well right Mm -hmm. like as you like it and and i and to kind of understand what we're trying to do too right because it's funny as these athletes are growing we're growing with them do you mm-hmm. see what i'm like because yeah. yeah, yeah, we're, yeah. we're a small company too so it's not like we're so like big time so like it's like we're learning through the process together yeah that is pretty cool and, yeah so it's like it which is great and then i also do like telling those other stories as well but it's it there's a lot of like you know, I don't want to say red tape, but it really, like, they they don't really understand. I don't know how to explain it, but there is like red tape, you know, like mm-hmm. it, it. In the sense, how do I describe this? There's already people around them, right? Like there, there you go. Uh, um, let's let's not say anything silly. Uh, right, like Kawhi, right. Like Kawhi's uncle, like Kawhi's uncle, he's always there, right? Uncle Dennis, everyone knows who he is. He's not quite his manager or his agent, but he kind of runs everything because he knows what Kawhi is capable of. So there's always those people, again, when these athletes get to a certain level, people already kind of know, so they're already starting to associate themselves and almost form that barrier, for lack of a better term. That's exactly what I'm trying to say. That's exactly what I was trying to say. Thank you. Wavelengths. RVCC, man, it's coming through. Look (laughs) at that. Yeah, no, I'm choking on this interview. This is hilarious. No, dude, no, 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 no. You're doing good. You're doing good. It's all good, man. No, um, you're doing a great job. And I think it's, again, I think it's a really interesting business concept because I'm all about storytelling. That's why yeah. this is my favorite medium. I don't have a camera. Um, I just have a laptop and a microphone. And, you know, I love listening to people like you and all the other guests that I've had on. All these stories are super impactful and people can learn from them. Like, right, like how did you you started this business because of a problem that you saw in your own life. So you tried to solve it. Unfortunately, you couldn't solve it for yourself. So you decided, well, I can solve it for my friends, right? I can solve it for the kid that went to St. Joe, or uh, I apologize, went to South Brunswick and is now in college. So you're solving the problem. And that's how most businesses are created, right? There is a problem and you can solve it. And now you have 150 or 160,000 followers on Instagram. You're the one that's putting this content together and helping these athletes, as you said, grow their brands because there's a really good chance not all of these stories 
are going to end up perfect, right? We kind of know that going into it. Not all of these kids coming from rags are going to make it to the richest part of the story. So by you helping them out in some capacity, as you said, it allows them to at least have something, right? Like they can gain a following in high school. They're not getting paid. You're not paying them. They're not paying you. So there's nothing wrong with it. It's, it's fully um, copacetic as terms of the NCAA and everyone's involved, but it gives them something to look at and it gives them that high quality content that people want to see, which then allows them to, again, just kind of amplify their message and what they're doing. Have you, what, what are some of the success stories where you guys have come in to pay attention to some of these athletes and they've actually grown a big enough brand to the point where other colleges started to look at them or they were able to start you know, gaining that, you know, a significant follower base along the way. Have you had any stories like that yet? Yeah, I, I think, see, see, I think that's why, like I say, we aid them, right? Like in a, yeah. in, in a sense, right? So we, because like these kids are going to be great regardless. That's, that's course. my, like, mm-hmm. you know, like they're going to be great regardless. So I think we definitely have, um, I think one of my favorite ones and, Definitely my favorite one is like Sharif Cooper and seeing his story, just, you know, like him blowing up in a sense on with his brand. That's by far, I think like the best player we've documented as far as branding, mm-hmm. right? Like we started with him, like our first episode with him was at, with, um, I, I want to say he had like 44,000 followers on social, right? Oh, wow. Now he's at, I want to say 500,000, which is- Whoa. Yeah, like, so he really, he really blew up and, like, we were able to, like, you know, document his process. He was going to blow up regardless, though, mm-hmm. like, th- to be honest. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he was great. I think another one is um, Javon Quinterly, for sure. And, obviously, he's had a lot of ups and downs, but he's, for sure, seen that one. That was our first one that like that was like the whole jelly fan movement i was speaking before mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so javon quinterly um that he's at university of alabama jacquay james who was at like the like the leading score at t-neck history nas reed he's in the nba now mm-hmm. which is which is been great. Say, i've heard that name before yeah yeah so nas reed's in the nba now which is crazy um he's at 160,000 followers now um and I think, like, when we were documenting him, like, maybe, like, 13,000, 15,000 when we started. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what what are these, like, episodes like? Like, what are you – in this short-form content, what are you trying to get across in a minute, two minutes, three minutes so that people understand who these athletes are, what they're about, what their brand is, and making sure you're doing it on brand for yourself? Because that sounds like a lot of stuff you got to do in, like, two minutes. Yeah, for sure. So I think, like, the episodes are usually, like, four to five depending okay. on length the, like but i think yeah like really describing um what they're really about like who, who who are they right like i got to know like javon pretty like well and i realized that uh, obviously basketball is something he loves to do right but there's a lot of interest in him where it's like he, he loves fashion he loves music mm-hmm. so like getting that across with him Right. Another example is there's other athletes who are just like focused on basketball. That's it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean Javon's not. No, 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 no. Yeah. You're, you're good. You're good. We get yeah. it. I mean, people, yeah. you're allowed to have other interests, right? Like, yeah, my for only sure. interest is not the New York Mets. I have a lot of right. interest 
but I love the Mets the most. That's just what it comes down to. So no, and, and that makes sense. I mean, it's actually probably better if you have a couple different things that you're interested in, but if you're all about ball, man, get on the court, let's do it. Watch space jam. It's on Netflix, just in case anyone was wondering and y'all have too much to do. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's really cool how you guys are going about it. And I, I also just think it's, super interesting how you started to focus on the high school market, even starting with that college market and focusing on the high school market. So how, how do you guys, how is this not an NCAA violation? Like that's, I know you've already explained it to me, but I want the people to understand that you guys do this totally by the book to the point where, you know, there's no problem in what you're doing. Because again, the, the first time I heard about it, I was like, there, there, this is, how has this business been around for so long? But clearly you guys figured out a way to make sure that all the laws are followed, right? Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, none of the athletes ever get paid. Um, we don't get paid by the athletes. And our biggest thing is, like, our business model is really simple. Just get, um, we create content for the athlete. They, they don't pay us. We, and then we get brands to sponsor our content. Okay. Just really that simple, right? Yep. And then in doing so, it's like, obviously, in the beginning, it's tough. And that's, the good news is like we started off like pure like hard work right we, mm -hmm. we didn't really raise capital ever so like since i grew up playing basketball i learned how to film i learned how to edit mm -hmm. things like that and we're really bootstrapped that's awesome like, yeah so yeah i think as crazy as it sounds like money wasn't the motive like right away when we started it mm -hmm. right it was really about telling the stories in the beginning and i think that's how we really you know avoided any NCA violation because we're not really getting paid from like in the beginning I started off bootstrap I wasn't really getting paid mm -hmm. I wasn't making that I wasn't making money at all to be honest in the beginning you know like and but I enjoyed it mm -hmm. and I enjoyed filming and, and it was like and I was young I was like 21 and getting to document these stories it was just a blast for me yeah so so literally that's how we like avoided it. And then from there, I think we realized we can't keep doing that forever. And we have to find a way to, you know, get a brand to cover this content. So mm -hmm, yeah, that's mm -hmm. how we avoid violations. Yeah. 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 Again, like, I, I, you explained it to me before. I just wanted everyone else out there to hear it because I think it, it you know, it, it makes sense because it's still, it's helpful for you. It's helpful for the athletes and it's very helpful for the brands, right? And all the, the only money that's getting exchanged is from the brand to you. You know, the athlete yeah. just gets the opportunity to grow their social presence, which is good, which is great. I mean, like, why, why shouldn't they get that opportunity? And so with, um, with that, I will say, of course, if you find something that you really, really love and you do it at a very, very high quality level, like you guys do, the money's going to follow, right? And obviously, you guys have seen that over the last few years and understanding that, you know, obviously, in the beginning, as you said, bootstrapped not really getting paid, just doing it because you liked it and you loved it and the stories are there, someone's going to pay for that content. So it's smart that you guys eventually made it to the point where, all right, we, we kind of need to get paid to do this. Like, let's go. And you've been able to find uh, those types of brands that are interested in doing something like that. And, and with that, I mean, have you guys considered breaking into other markets such as the NCAA, such as the NBA for some of these athletes? Because again, the, the quality of content that you guys are putting out is, is super high level. Um, I feel like there's NBA talent out there that would pay for that kind of stuff because, I mean, you look at some of their Instagrams, it's not even close to what some of the stuff you guys are doing for these high school athletes. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I definitely think it's never out of the equation. I just think 
I think that athlete just needs to know like what we really represent, right? Mm-hmm. If like we we do make like a lot of people right now know us for like our highlight mixes on like social media. Like I think mm-hmm. that's where our following has like really increased. But if the NBA athlete is you know like in tune with what we want to do and he wants to like kind of document his process, we we would definitely be open to it. But I think at the moment, like I think for this year. Um, I think definitely just staying in the high school market is something where, you know, mm. like interested in, but I'm never going to like, you know, limit it. If, if an NBA player like wants to work with us and we, we think it works well with us too, then we'll make it happen, you know? Yeah. And the, the, that, that question just came to me because you brought up that you guys worked with Nas Reed before he was in the NBA and now he's in the NBA and there are some high yeah, school athletes yeah. with more followers on Instagram than he has even right. though he's in the nba so it's just one of those things sure. where i don't know how much money he's making but i'm sure he could cover the cost of paying you guys to do something like this and then get that sponsored content so that all parties make even more money that's that's just me spitballing here for a second but um, yeah no that's 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 definitely a great point i like, guess definitely a great point um i just think it's like it really depends on the athlete too right because i think like so, like, even in, the, like, the Nas Reed situation, you, you, you brought up a really valid point. But then I look at it, well, I don't think this – it is the right time as far as documenting, but I don't think it's the right time for him because he came mm-hmm. in undrafted, mm-hmm. right? Like, if you come in undrafted, like, you have to really fight for a spot. I think that's his, like – I don't want to say least concern, but right now that's not the time. Yeah, Let's yeah, say yeah, yeah. Maybe in, like, like, five years, like, six years, like, he's getting playing time now, which is great. Mm-hmm. see like that makes me happy to see hell yeah like maybe in five years it's like okay we could find a way to bring it back together you know yeah man yeah I just yeah. again i think it's, it's pretty interesting again how you've already worked with some athletes that are now in the nba like that's Which crazy is, like, it's a blessing for I sure i was gonna say like that has to be so surreal especially from where you guys were i, I bet again like when you were filming all the stuff about him you know maybe you thought there was a chance but to actually see it happen and be like okay this is real. Like he's in the NBA and I talked to him when he was 17 years old. Like that is super cool. Yeah, no, for sure. Sometimes like, like I'm like out of, like out of touch and I like forget, you know? Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Cause it's like, I find that a lot. Like I'm out of touch sometimes. I'm like, Oh wow, it's crazy. And then I look back like maybe like four months later, it's like, wow. Like he's in the NBA, the other, and then there's another player, Moses Brown that we've covered. He's in the NBA now too, which is mm-hmm. great. He That's plays awesome. for, like, Portland. Um, yeah, I mean, just seeing them, like, make their dreams come true is really what, what it's about, right? And that's why we've kind of stuck to high school, too, because it's, like, I just enjoy aiding, right, and helping. Mm-hmm. Like, like does, can Nas Reed really, you know, use Unguarded for, like, his promotion? He can, but at the same time, I think that high school athlete who really needs to, you know, get to a D1 school, get a full scholarship mm-hmm. – needs us way more than Nas does. 100%. And I totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. You know, just it's it's one of those things. If there's money somewhere, let's chase it. Let's find it. Let's get it. That, but that's for sure. For I sure. I like that. Again, you guys are staying to your brand though. You know, it's, it's, it's helping these athletes, as you said, it's aiding them to get them just a little bit more because not all of them are going to go to the NBA. Very few of them are, yeah, as we've yeah. seen. So if there's any way that you can help them gain as much attention as you can, as they can, during the height relatively of you know, their athletic careers, let's get them as much as we can. So that way there is at least something, some sort of legacy that they can have after their playing career is, uh, is unfortunately over. Yeah, exactly. 
that's you nailed it right on the mark. That's literally what Unguarded is. RVCC Rutgers Central New Jersey man, we're perfect together. Look at that. <laughs> yeah, um, that's great. When did, when did you guys realize that this was a legitimate business? Like we can make money doing this. We can build this into a media company. Definitely in like April 2017. That was like the time where. Like and I was how, in a tough just to how what what is the timeline? So when did you start the company? Started in December, right? Was more of a hobby, mm-hmm. and and then from there in April we really formed. So like six that's months later, essentially. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like that's when it became like okay, like we get, like we have to make this like legit and mm-hmm. put this on paper and, you know, really go through. I think that was the time because, like I said before, like. We got we got to documenting Jacque James, who, like at that like, was actually like Joel Santana's nephew, which is like a famous rapper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's his nephew. So we got to document him, uh, Javon, Nas Reed, and Moses. All when I was in school. Wow. So it was nuts. It was that like, cool. yeah. So I it, it was a crazy experience because I didn't know what the heck to do, like either, you know. Mm-hmm. like like it was like well i'm in school right now for business but we have these four athletes who are like definitely going to be nba prospects and like we get to like document them and i enjoy this like we weren't getting paid at that point but mm-hmm. that's when it really became serious yeah that's when yeah and what's what's that documentation process like like how long are you spending i know again it's case by case basis but like yeah as- like some of the athletes that you've been you've been with recently or some of the content that's going to be coming out is this uh go to one of their games and kind of get some shots of them playing and then get a little one-on-one FaceTime or is it a little bit of a process where you're kind of following them a couple times throughout the season I think it's um it case by case but like it's definitely a process for sure right like well like for this this celeb episode we filmed his commitment to North Carolina which was awesome Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really yeah. cool. Yeah. Hat and everything. yeah, like he yeah. put on the hat. Like, yeah, it was, it was, a, it was definitely great. Um, so we filmed that in a workout, but then we came, um, we came after, and then we filmed um, like a practice in like two games. So that that's been like a, I want to say like a six month process right there, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? And then we obviously put like short form content on Instagram, Twitter uh sometimes facebook but then from there we like it really depends like that one's going to be like an eight-month process if you look at the whole thing right but if you there's other episodes where we go in one day we shoot the content and we get it done Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah so again i I thought it was case-by-case basis but it sounds like there is some sort of process with again these at, at, at a minimum these bigger athletes um and excuse me, and being able to kind of follow them a little bit to really get that story. Because, you know, one day I might be pissed off. One day my practice might suck, right? You're like, you know, you might not get the whole story in just this three hour long period. Yeah. And, and that happens all the time, right? Like yeah. we, we plan for one day and then, and then, and let's say like the kid just isn't like he had a bad day, right? It's like, we're not going to just like say, okay, the episode is coming out now. Mm-hmm. Like, no, yeah. we're, we're going to, we're going to go to another game and make sure we film it and make sure he's, the biggest thing is he needs to be happy with it too, right? It's a representation of him, you know? So, so I think, yeah, like there's been plenty of times where we've filmed like 
two months, three months, and we put out, I want to say, like a five-minute piece of content. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, like, and that's because we wanted all the shots in it. Like, we mm-hmm. wanted it to be perfect, and we wanted it to represent him, too, you know? Mm-hmm. And where where does most of this live? Because I I follow you guys on Instagram, so I see a lot of those like mixtape like highlight videos type stuff. But yeah. Where do, where do these where do most of these episodes live? The episodes live on YouTube, right? So in the beginning, our episodes I would say like our quality has drastically improved. So you'll see a bigger rollout like actually starting now. So it's like a great time to be speaking about it too. Awesome. Because yeah, we'll have like I want to say definitely like six to eight episodes in the next like 16 weeks so mm-hmm. we'll have like eight episodes rolled out on youtube they'll live on youtube on our website and yeah and then we'll have like like the casual mixtapes as well on youtube as well mm-hmm. okay very cool and yeah 16 weeks i mean that's you know a solid four months so you yeah, should four months eight episodes yeah Hopefully everything's going to be fine. We'll get through this whole crisis room right now in less than That's four months. That's for sure. Um, yeah. I'm sure you're going to need some more content to videotape though in that time. So I guess like over, if there's no, well, I guess with basketball, there's always AAU, there's always summer ball and stuff too. So are you, are you just all year round videotaping and editing and putting these, these episodes together? Like what, like with the seasons, uh, you know, as we said, like, some athletes are announcing some athletes are, you know, this is their first year on varsity, whatever. Like, how are you guys taking it like through the time of one calendar year and how that these stories, I guess, are put together. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, wait, like, so like over a calendar year, like sometimes it's high school basketball, sometimes it's AAU, sometimes it's summer ball. Like how are you differentiating, oh, yeah. like where the content comes from and who and, and what and why, I guess. Does that make sense? hundred percent. Yeah. That okay. makes complete sense. Yeah. All right. So um, I think it really goes, like, player by player, like, case by case. Like, with the players, um, sometimes we get to, like, document them during AAU, Mm -hmm. right? So we'll film content in AAU, and then we'll put it out, like, I wanted to say in the summer. Or we're filming, like, like RJ Davis, we did senior night. And that's another kid who's going to North Carolina. So we, Mm -hmm. we documented his senior night. So that's during the high school season. So it really goes, like, based off you know, when the players want us to document and, and you have AAU. AAU is always a great time because you get multiple athletes at once, right? And you get to see new talent for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think case by case um, during the high school season, but AAU is something we're always there for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. AAU, I mean, that's where that's where most of the the bread is made if we're being honest with basketball, right? Like, it's the, it's the yeah, tournament line around the country. Yeah, because... Yeah, it's crazy because when, like, let's say, like, our time, right, AU was just getting started, mm-hmm. right? And it's just turned into something that's just, it's big business now, which, you know, it's just crazy. Able, yeah, 100%. And I guess with that, like, how often are you at one of these AAU camps or games or whatever, and, you know, you're filming for one of these athletes, and then three or four more athletes come up and be like, what do you, did you guys get anything of me? What are you guys doing? How are we doing this? Like, how often does it, like, do you find more athletes to create episodes on while you're actually creating episodes on uh, an athlete already? Okay. Yeah. So like we definitely do like recruit, but I think um, it really, yeah, we, we definitely do recruit. Right. So mm-hmm. we'll go to AAU, but we'll be filming an episode and we know like, okay, well this, this kid is someone who's wanted to work with us 
and we're we're interested for sure so that's why AU is really like powerful Mm -hmm, because like mm -hmm. from like you you get to see multiple athletes right and you get to see who really wants to work with you too right because there's tons of like stars there right like Mm -hmm. which is a whole nother conversation it's insane how like high school kids have like millions of followers like already yep it's crazy man and yeah but then you see like the kid who who has like and i keep saying followers because we're built on like social engagement Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. but like you, you see a kid who who's right like there's kids who have like million millions of followers already in high school right and it, that's not necessarily like to say that we don't focus on them but like during au time you really get to see like the kids who are just like on mm-hmm. the verge of i want to say building their brand and like on the verge of just like really like taking off like those are the kids that we focus yeah. in on because those are the kids who could who could use exactly help. exactly and you've you've used that over and over again throughout this conversation is you guys are actually here to help these athletes, right? You're not, I mean, you know, you're not here to yeah. ride coat. You are here to aid them as you, you like to say, you're here to help them and, and raise their social status. So again, that they can have something, which I think is again, very, very noble, very, very, um, very smart on your part. You know, it's nice to find those diamonds in the rough. And it also is cooler. As we've said, like, you know, some of these kids are going to the NBA or you, at least, you know, they're going to schools like North Carolina where they're going to get looked at a lot more by NCAA scout or NBA scouts. Right. So it's kind of nice to help these, you know, for lack of a better term, little guys out and uh, give them something along the way too, which I think is awesome. Um, and one thing that I think is really cool about how you guys have been able to make money as well is you work with music producers, right? So some of the songs that are within these episodes and within these mixtapes and highlight reels, you guys are actually getting paid to promote essentially those songs through these videos, right? Yeah. So um, essentially like music labels like directly contact us to like either a do a campaign for um, a certain artist or such or like a specific song like you said yeah so mm-hmm. we get paid to do that um we get clearances on content as well and it's always um it's a great balance because it's like i mean it's a tough balance not a great balance it's a tough balance because you want to make sure the athlete is happy with like the music chose mm-hmm. and then you have to make sure like the labels you know are fine with promoting that certain music during that time so mm-hmm. but it's been great yeah like that relationship is definitely great how do you how did that relationship come about? Yeah, so that relationship really came about through someone I knew from like a previous place like I worked at. She she had connected us and then my partner is also in involved in the music industry as well. Mm-hmm. And then from right. there like that like they we got connected and from there you know they yeah, it just happened. Yeah. It really just happened, honestly. Like, that was something... Because I think it happened due to the fact that when we first started, we used to just use music, like, that was relevant to, like, basketball mm-hmm. culture. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, anyway. Like, we were just doing that, and we weren't getting clearances in the beginning. We were just putting out... Con- yeah, like, we were, mm-hmm. we were putting but- out content. It is what it is, yeah. But it was, like, we were just putting out the content when I say clearances, I mean like we're legally allowed to do it, but um, like we couldn't monetize it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like we weren't getting the clearances with um, on YouTube, 
And from there, like, I think that's what really, like, got them on our radar because we were willingly, like, like open to promoting their music for free in the beginning for mm-hmm. such long times. Yep. And out of just pure, just, like, we think this represents him the best. So they gave us an opportunity to work with them. And then eventually it got to the point where somebody noticed that you guys have hundreds of thousands of followers and views and you're getting all this. And now it's like, hey, well, now I think we can have a business relationship here where, you know, we can create these campaigns around the artists, around the songs, because we know we're going to get eyeballs. We're going to get ears in this case. And as long as you said it flows with the, as long as it culturally makes sense and then content wise, it's not, you know, jarring. And again, it makes sense. And I've heard some of them and I think they're really cool. Um, or at least I've seen the content and how the music works with it. I think as long as it flows, all parties are most likely going to be happy. I'm sure you've run into some snags here and there, but overall, I'm hoping that it's it's a relatively easy relationship in terms of what you need to do and how you need to do it with those music labels. Yeah, no, no, for sure. We're definitely been easily, you know, not lasting, and it definitely, yeah, like if it, most of them have been flowing well, so it's been honestly great to work with them. Hell yeah, man. And then my last question for you, Saul, is oh, what what's this thing going to look like in 20 years? What's this thing going to look like in 30 years? Man, what do you want it to gr- look like? No, I know. I'm not trying to ask, you know, where are you going to be in five yeah. years? It's a dumb question. But like, if you could, no, I get what you're if saying, this thing yeah. could look perfect to you, what does it look like? Um, Yeah, I think, I think, honestly, just us at scale. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, yeah. Like, I think everything has been great. I think if we were to per, um, produce content and do it at scale, right? Because like I said, 16, you know, 16 weeks, we'll have like eight episodes. But what if we had, you know, different forms of content, right? Mm-hmm. Like not everything has to be a story, right? Or an episode yeah. as well. So we could document, you know, we could do short form fun content, not, not fun content, but you yeah short form content is like less you know serious in a sense mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 100%. so yeah i think in like man 20 years this thing just really built out and the same process as crazy as it sounds just no like I mean, with, with the advantages it, right it makes sense like you guys are putting out very high quality content you guys are making money um now it really just comes down to well we need more people with cameras we need more people selling through the sponsors. You know, it's, it's just like, it's just kind of the more money yeah. you can have them in, the more people you can then have here on the ground, again, boots on the ground, capturing this content, the more content you put out, you know, it's just, it's just a revolving it's the, it's, door. Yeah, literally. Yeah. And that's exactly where we're at. So now it's just like, I see in 20 years, I see us at scale. I see us at scale really built out. And I think, um, working with like the top athletes for sure but i think we'll have a lot more um i don't want to say i don't want to use power as the word because that comes Mm -hmm. off like kind of wrong but like we'll definitely have more control of we could really get um like players boosted up fast Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. we have like and we do much more for it 100 percent, right like do you see what i'm trying to say yeah no, no no i totally get it i love it i think it's awesome um cool man that's it Saul. Saul Hassan, right? Yeah. Awesome. CEO, I just want to make sure. I'm terrible. I'll say your name right, and then an hour later, I'm going to forget how it goes. So CEO of Unguarded, uh, former D2 athlete, RVCC Rutgers alum like myself. Really appreciate your time today, man.
No, appreciate your time. Thank you for having me, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to this episode with Saul Hassan. As I said, super interesting to listen to how he got to where he did and what he's doing and how excited he is moving forward. It is is really interesting. They've been doing this for a while now, so very grateful I got the opportunity, essentially only a couple years in, to really hear his story and see exactly where he's going. So make sure to follow all the links in the show notes to learn more about what he is doing over at Unguarded. Also, if you could, please give us a five-star review on iTunes. That would be super, super helpful in allowing us to find more people to listen to the show. Because, hey, if you're listening to it and you made it this far, all the way at the end, I'm sure you wouldn't mind if a couple more people listened to it, right? So thank you all so much for that. And your time. Time is the only thing we don't get more of. So I appreciate you giving me some of yours. And I hope you make it a wonderful day. Yes.